Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How many fucking episodes of podcasts? How many awards? <laughs> yes. How many seasons? How many articles in The Guardian and Cosmopolitan and Stylist does it take for you to even start to believe that you're good at what you do? Welcome to Women Are Mad, where we invite women to bring their anger into everyday conversation. I'm Selima Saxton. I'm an actress and writer. I'm Jennifer Cox, and I'm a psychotherapist. We noticed that anger is the one emotion that women aren't allowed to openly express. Meanwhile, everything around us is making us absolutely furious. We're all feeling it. Let's get together to work out what to do with it. Selima, can I talk about what's making us mad this week please you seem eager i seem eager i seem eager to to get it all out so lots of women have been writing into us about the types of things that are making them mad i think common thread here is institutional sexism somebody for example talking about how they were treated at airport security very much in line with their menopausal female symptoms and how um, their needs were used against them. Um, I'm conjuring up loads of weird images now. I I feel like I can't be more specific without giving her um, dignity away. Okay, no worries. Yeah. Imagine what you're saying as well everyone else. Yeah, just imagine. It was pretty humiliating and it was in front of a lot of people. A woman how she felt her treatment by admin staff or kind of reception staff at her local GP practice uh, was a great example of internalized misogyny on the part of the female member of staff. But not taking something seriously because it was women's health. Uh, Yeah, basically. And sort of really making her jump through hoops in a very, again, very humiliating way. It's this humiliation that feels so disgusting. People being very poorly treated um, again, dignity removed by by male senior colleagues at work. Various different examples of that. Again, I think humiliation being shown up, being made to feel small, is a is a common theme. And then, personally, I I was reading about. I'm sure you saw this. The MOD, the news about the institutionalized sexism within the MOD, and this one woman described how horrible it felt to walk across the pillared hall and how you'd feel these like awful stairs is she wearing something specifically no it's it's um walking alone as a woman 
Oh my God. Sorry. It's- my imagination again took me to places of like her being wrapped in cling film or something. Right, exactly. Your your yeah. imagination took mm. you to somewhere where she was doing something kind of weird or crazy. Yeah, because this is what we're indoctrinated in. Yes. It's the woman's fault. She must be bringing it yes, upon her. I'm doing it myself. And this is us. Yeah. I mean, I guess what that made me think about was the, yeah, these sort of pillared institutions, these grand patriarchal forged in the fires of the patriarchy, these sorts of places and how they still can't seem to welcome women and can't seem to get it right as far as women are concerned. And then obviously that puts you in mind of the police, the fire service, even the Coast Guard I was reading about this week in terms of how Mm. they treat their women employees. Um, And as we know, people who go to the police for help. And there are still, I'm sure there are still some gentlemen's clubs operating, aren't there? Oh, come on, of course there are. That famous one where even Joanna Lumley couldn't get a membership. (laughs) It is pretty. What would happen if we just came running in? (laughs) Blundering in. Yeah. What would happen? I don't know. Well, obviously, women are allowed to work there. They're allowed to be the the serfs. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> but, do it. Yeah, let's let's barge our way in. Happy yeah. Christmas, y'all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brace yourselves. Um, okay, I'm going to introduce our fabulous guest. Our guest this week is founder of the South Asian feminist network, Soul Sutras, and the Spotify award-winning Masala podcast. Please welcome the excellent Sangeeta Pillai. Woohoo! So I feel like I'm going to like do a little dance to kind of oh, arise. Please, You're welcome. Although I'm sitting in my chair, but you know, I've done the dance. I'm I listening. I'm, testify. I'm all- always up for a dance of any kind, actually. <laughs> I really, I genuinely really Especially am. with a headset. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like, yeah, I feel yeah. like the headset. Good, na- good nails. What are those nails? Show oh, me your nails. Thank you. Oh, they are excellent. Oh, nice. I love oh, yeah. a bit of nail action, you know. Yeah, me too. Always. Oh, I love it. I Always. Love it. Like, it's such a simple Nothing. thing, isn't it? Isn't it? But it's just one of those things that just lifts yeah, you, it right? It really lifts yeah, you. Like, yeah. You don't even need to do it. These are just like normal. They're not anything fancy, but. Yeah, same. Mine are cheapy cheap. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. makes such a difference. Yeah, agreed. Um, we're going to launch straight in. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you the question we always ask our dear guests: What has made you angry this week? Gosh, so many things. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> like, That's music to my ears. On for a very long time today. But <laughs> Wonderful. <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's begin with uh, my current crib, which is that ageism. Like oh, women and ageism. Like it feels like as soon as you hit, I don't even know what the magic figure is now. Thirty, forty, whatever, fifty. Mm-hmm. I would say thirty. I would yeah. think it's thirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're supposed to suddenly drop off the face of the earth. Yeah, not have opinions. Mm. Not wear anything that could be vaguely considered a, a youngish. Yeah, mm. on trend. Mm. Um, not feel beautiful not Mm. act sexy Mm. and all of these things like supposedly you know the the minute you turn let's say 30 all of these things are supposed to disappear and we're supposed to disappear and our voices are supposed to disappear and it really pisses me off i think also we're meant to become good we're meant to become good women at that point as well exactly become good elders exactly so that's combined pillars with of the belief. community <laughs> pillars of the community which we're happy to be but 
we have opinions and we yeah. have sex appeal and we have yeah. all sorts of other things going on. We're not just pillars of the community. Yeah. And it really makes me mad that we've brainwashed our young women also to buy into this crap. Mm-hmm. So we've obviously, you know, we live in the society. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we've to a degree been conditioned by it. And I hear so many young women that I meet, 20s or somebody who's approaching 30. I had a conversation with someone and she's about to turn 30. And she said to me, oh, my God, I am absolutely horrified at the prospect of turning 30. And hear this, I will do anything if I could change not being 30. And I said to her, hang on a minute, like, why do you? And she's just like, oh, no, because it's over there. Like, everything's finished. And I'm like, actually, that's bullshit. That's patriarchal bullshit. Mm. Because you've been told Mm. that the second you turn 30, life is over, actually. And in fact, it's the opposite. Sorry, Salima. Let me just finish. No, no, finish it. Go. Please Um, go. Mm. And I said, actually, the reverse is true. Mm. We come into our own. When we hit 40, 50, Mm. I'm 51. Yeah. I am the kind of fiercest, the loudest, the most... The most confident. Confident, the sexiest, the Mm, everything that Mm. I have ever been. Yeah. Do you think this is inextricably linked to the um, expectations of motherhood and and traditional motherhood? And when I say motherhood, I mean the patriarchal expectation of motherhood, whether one chooses one to be one biologically or not. Mm -hmm. Because I feel it's very linked to that. And that's why we're much softer on men who age and mm. men men who behave as Peter Pans well into their 40s and 50s. And we have a very amused kind of version of aging with them. Absolutely. So you mean like the kind of maternal, sure. we're meant to go all maternal, yeah. even yes, if we don't actually yes. have children. Yeah. Mm. Or have no desire to have children like me. It was a choice yeah. I made. You know, I never wanted yeah. kids. Um, Did you always know that? Yeah, I always knew mm. that. I think I had like maybe six months at the age of 28 when I just got married thinking, oh, you know, maybe I should have children. And then I I did that thing, which I'm so grateful I did. I'm like, I'm just going to sit with this and see how it feels. Mm. And in six months, I was like, okay, my body is telling me to have a child, but (gasps) my brain doesn't want a child. My life doesn't want a child. And then it just faded. The minute I had that thought, it just faded as like a biological. Mm-hmm. So do you think a lot body. of women just feel the body feeling, don't sit with it as a psychological matter and follow and go with it? Yeah, I think so. So I think one is the body thing. Yeah. And you're not allowing yourself the space to say, is this what I really want? And yeah. the whole other matter is society telling us that our whole purpose of existence is reproduction as women. Yeah. Like if we're not reproducing, why are you even here? Yeah, success, isn't it? Success, the idea of that is inextricably linked uh, to the idea of a certain kind of family unit. Whereas I would say now I'm well into my 40s that whatever kind of unit you end up in, be it solo, be it with many other women, be it with many, whatever, if that works for you and your life is fulfilled and big yeah. and eventful and wonderful, yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you've succeeded as a woman. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And mm. I'm I'm not even saying that like, oh my God, my life's amazing. There are things that are not good sure. about it and I, things that I would like to change. 
But I think what bothers me is that success, as you say, is only this one metric of women yeah. being mothers. Like somehow the only measure of success is have you got a partner? <laughs> have you got children? Like that's mm -hmm. it. And it then like matter. you're saying, if you hit your kind of 50s, whether or not you've had kids, your reproductive years are over. And if yeah. society has only wanted you for that, what does yes. it need you for now? Shuffle exactly. off, lady. Shuffle but off, you, you're redundant. You know, yeah. You're redundant. But also, you know what? I'm When we're yeah. talking about this, I'm regretful in how I used to speak to other women myself in my 30s. Mm. And um, so I happened to, I've got kids and I was, I'm married. Um, and I used to push that idea onto other women who mm. weren't necessarily in that space. Mm. You know, and I, I'm quite regretful of that now mm. because I, I thought I was being um, compassionate or like encouraging. But actually, no, I was just following status quo. That's what worked for me. Yeah. Imposing it on others. Yeah. And that's, you know, incredible that you're able to say that. Yeah. Because I think that takes a lot of self-awareness in a work to say, actually, I did that and maybe... That wasn't cool. But a lot of women will never say that mm. because that conditioning is so deep. You know, well, how did you handle it, Sangeeta, in terms of like what other women slash men were expecting of you? Yeah. You had to stay very strong in those years then. And Absolutely. culturally, obviously. I mean, culturally is a whole other, yeah. you know, yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I had to kind of over the years really defend my point of view quite a lot. Mm. Um, first of all, they would assume there was something wrong with me that I couldn't have children <laughs> because they were like, oh, if you're married and I was married at that point, I'm not anymore. Oh, if you're married, why aren't you having children? Like there must be something wrong with you, like your body or whatever. They couldn't get their head around the fact that I might not actually want to, mm. even though my body at that point was capable of it. So there was a lot of explaining there was also a lot of judgment primarily from other women, which really yeah. surprised me. The men were like, yeah, whatever, you know, and they just <laughs> get on with whatever we were talking about. But mm. the women who had chosen to have children were very threatened by yes. the fact that I wasn't having a child. I'm sure. Like somehow it was like an indictment about their choice. Yes. Yeah. But, but yeah. also this comes back to say, me, let me in the language I was maybe using 10 years ago. You know, was I partly using that language because I was exhausted, worried about my own decisions yeah. and going, oh, my God, look at you, you're prospering. Like, I didn't mm -hmm. think I was using that. But was I looking at you with longing, with yearning? Right. And a kind of sense yeah. of regret of, oh, my gosh, was uh, there another way there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And, and, the, and there's not, you know, and as you say, look, a lot of people don't want to admit those darker, confused yeah. parts of themselves because they, mm. they find it too exposing. But we're all very contradictory, aren't we? We, yeah. all, we all wander about different paths taken. It doesn't mean we regret the paths necessarily, but we all wonder, oh, you know, tell me, how was it for you then? Yeah, you know, yeah, gosh, yeah. I wonder. Yeah. And I think the empathy and self-awareness comes from just saying, oh, you know, what you just said is that maybe I did that or maybe mm. what I thought wasn't 100% true. Mm. But I think when we admit that, then we've got to have the capacity to say, okay, maybe all my decisions weren't 100%. But yes, the people that get really defensive are the people that cannot do that. 
Because yeah, by admitting to that, they're opening up this whole can of worms inside yeah, themselves. Totally. That they're not Where does it end? Willing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. to go to. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly with women, we've been sold this idea of this one way to live our lives. Yes. And God forbid there is another, you know, oh my and, God. And Sangeeta, the niceness, isn't it? I mean, I'm sorry, I always talk about this, but the niceness, the good girl, the being polite, yes. the being kind, the being, yes. you know, tick, tick, tick. And oh, Salima, you're not being kind because you're questioning me on that. You know, maybe I'm not being kind. What does that mean? Do I have to be compassionate all the time? Yes. I don't, do I? In order to no, make some, no, no, some no, brilliant no, decisions no, no. and to make strides, yeah. I better yes, not I waste can. all time being compassionate or it pleasing. Is, I, it takes up a lot of energy, I would mm. say. It does. And it's oh, so deep, this kind of good girl conditioning. It's oh, so, deep. It's what, so deep. What else would be making Ooh. you angry, overtly angry, that you're aware <laughs> of? So, so much. <laughs> um, I guess overall, I think, and this probably makes a lot of us angry, is patriarchy and where we are in it. Mm. When I say patriarchy, I don't mean men i mean just this whole system yeah that we've been forced to buy into mm. um that makes us feel less than that makes us feel like never good enough that makes us feel there's only one way to be a woman mm. uh, that doesn't reward us for our work you know we're not paid equally we're not treated equally we're, like we treated really unfairly even now yeah oh gosh yeah and it just makes me, I guess it's a more, rather than a raging anger, like a simmering anger. Yeah. Like it's like this constant thing mm. bubbling away. Um, and with my work as well, like this is why I do what I do, you know, because mm. patriarchy is real in, yeah. in my culture. It, it exists from the time you're born to the time you die as a woman, you know, like it, you cannot escape it. And, How do you get on with your family right now? Um, I mean, I, my initial years I was like a huge rebel like in my 20s I refused to get married I refused to do I, I come from like a very traditional Indian family in Mumbai mm-hmm. uh, I was the first woman in my family to have a job to go to university so that traditional and then then I turned up and I'm saying all these things and they didn't know what to do with me mm-hmm. even now to a degree the only way you can leave home is if you uh, your education is another city or your job is in another city. And for about 10 years, I kept trying to find a job in another city. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm like, that. I really need to work in Dubai. I really need to work in Bangalore. <laughs> it just didn't happen yeah. you know, for me, sadly. So I kind of stayed at home and kind of fought with them for 10 years. It was exhausting Whoa. for them and for me. Oh, my God. But that's so healthy carrying that, very, that conflict. Very deep. Yeah, like lots and of And what trauma. were you fighting about mainly? Like what was your... Not, not having an arranged marriage. Yeah. Not. Um, Did you meet people even, Sangeeta? Or refused not? No. to. So you didn't even meet them? I didn't even. They kept trying. All these CVs, yeah. for some reason, would appear on the kitchen table every morning. I'm like, why? Are you? Is this a job thing or what? You know? But you CVs must have been boys. so strong to resist I was. this. I was. Again and again. <laughs> Presumably every all single your single day. Your friends yeah. were like, come on, come on, just meet like them. Everybody just, was like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Yeah. Because there was literally at that point in India, in the 1980s, 90s India, no one yeah. was saying the things I was saying. No, I lived bet. in a very traditional system and society. All these girls were like, 
had a nice job, then they quit the job, then they got married, then they had yeah, babies. Good girls. They were good, the good girls. You know, yeah, they were doing yeah. what they were told. And there was me every single day having the same conversation with my parents saying, no, I'm not doing it. But no, I want to get I'm a bit not. more into this then. Like, yeah. Where did this come from? Your gut? Just your absolute gut? Did you just look around? Yeah. And- I, you know, I've, I get asked this a lot and I think it is just me. I was born like this. Because Brilliant. I there was no feminism. I didn't I no, never so heard the word. You feminism. invented I, feminism. <laughs> you know, for myself. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I had no idea that word existed. Yeah, because presumably you weren't being exposed to even no, kind of like no 70s, media, 80s. No, nothing. No, nothing. No. So 80s, um 80s when I was went in school and 90s when I was at university and started my first couple of jobs, like there was no media. There was just like a couple of magazines. There was no yeah. satellite TV. Was and like I guess if you were staying channels. in your in your and town, we were staying in that little you know bubble, bubble of suburban Mumbai. Mm. And what's your, what was your Hindi? Was your the language that you grew up? With? Malayalam. So Malayalam. Uh, my family came from Kerala. So okay, yeah. spoke Malayalam at home. Hindi okay. with my friends because Mumbai is Hindi. Yeah, fine. Marathi. So, so that was your was English. Okay, yeah. So sure. like that Not was kind being... of you know, uh, mixed. So it was very, very hard. It was really difficult. I had to be very, very singular. But what did you hook onto? Because the thing is, if you mm. think about now, how mm. how like a teen, if you mm. have a certain idea, mm. you can use social media, you can use, you yeah. know, mm. networks to kind of get yourself yeah, find your with people. other people. Mm. Yeah. Or you, or you leave you your town people. and meet them that yeah. way. Well, how did you do it? It was just this voice inside me. And Sangeeta, were you... always knew. But were you considered odd? Or were very you considered... odd. Very mm-hmm. odd. In fact, my first email address, mm-hmm. Yahoo came along and I called myself Kalmuhi. Kalmuhi is like the black um, sheep of the family in, in Bollywood films. Yeah. Like the woman that goes when gets yeah. pregnant and is like abandoned. That's incredible. And That's incredible that you did that. You owned it. <laughs> I owned it. I said, I'm that woman. <laughs> So, you know, I always thought of myself as that and, you know, family didn't understand. They were like very, very, yeah. So I'd love to know about the state of your mental health at that point. Mm. Did you feel good about yourself? Were you stable? Were you low? I was very low a lot Mm. of the time. I was very depressed, I think, looking back. Imagine. I mean, do you think now when you look back, (laughs) I know we're obsessed, but were you angry? (laughs) I don't think anger was allowed. Yeah. Uh, so depression was. Yes. So depression yeah, so and anxiety yes. were the masks that my yes. anger probably Yeah, wore. I'm sure. Yeah, Sangeeta, I was anxious for all of my 30s. So, mm. yeah. I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, Indian women aren't allowed to be angry. Like, there is no space. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, But I think I was because I was quite strong in the way I would speak to my parents as well. I would be like, no, I'm not. I wouldn't shout at them, but I'd be like, no, I'm not doing this. You know, I had to be very, very firm. And I guess that was a sort of anger. This is incredible. (laughs) So switching to now, the present day with your parents, if they're 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 not around. I'm sorry sorry to hear that. But towards the end of their lives, where was your relationship with them, if you don't mind me asking? It's very complicated. Okay, um, feel, probably not a good don't. idea to get into it. Yeah, it's no worries. Very, that's a whole can we worries. can we divert yeah. you? Can we divert yeah. you to now? Yes. And can you tell us when you last got angry with somebody, <laughs> and what did it look like? 
Right. So this is really simple because it was this morning, huh. this huh. late <laughs> morning, and it was at myself. And I'll tell you why. So I was recording this little, um, I was doing the social media post. I've launched my podcasting masterclasses for women. Yeah, I saw. It looked uh, brilliant yeah. and much, so much needed. Yeah. Thank you so much. I feel like there's a real need for us as women. And also, Sangeeta, just to add, you're, you're on your post, you said about women not liking their voices. And Jen, if you don't mind me adding this, this was something that we had ourselves with Jenny. Hate it. Hate my voice. Hate it. We've had, we've had to really work on that hugely. Yeah. I think it's quite a common thing. So I think it's, it's a really yeah. common thing. The number of women that say to me, I hate the sound of my own voice. And then you could dig a little deeper because we have these expectations of how sexy women are supposed to sound you know like it's bullshit it's so interesting because i'm just thinking now about where my feeling comes from yeah i it's again too complicated to get into but it's it's a thing it's a thing thing. and it's an expectation of what a a woman's voice is supposed to sound like. totally yeah you know it's and i think so yeah so thank you for for saying that because i hear that a lot Mm. so anyway so i i put it out into the world and I'm like sat back and I had this like intense almost pain in my stomach and I'm like oh my god I put it out there and what if nobody uh, signs up for these classes do I even know what I'm doing you know what if this do I am I even qualified and then I I I had this like surge of like annoyance at myself Mm. it's like how many fucking sorry am I allowed to swear? Yeah, swear, swear. Yeah. How many fucking episodes of podcasts? How many awards? <laughs> yes. How many seasons? How many articles in the Guardian and Cosmopolitan and Stylist does it take for you to even start to believe that you're good at what you do? So oh. how many? Thank you. Yeah, how many? Come like, on. How I, many? Uh, like there's when I don't know. Mm. I don't even know, and it annoyed me. Yeah. Like I've won yes. six British podcast awards. Six. Okay. Which is incredible. In which is just yeah. Come and I'm on. you know, I'm not from the audio world. I've come no. here. I'm not from the BBC. I don't no, have not the, the accent. Media. I don't no. have the connections. Mm. And I've made this happen. Yeah, which is extraordinary. Can we just it all take so a moment actually and still... go, come on? Yeah. But <laughs> That's yeah. extraordinary. But you can't believe it. But this is so much what we say is that, yeah. you know. What what makes us angry is this kind of self-doubt, the way that yes. you end up kind of, you, you try pushing a little bit, you put yourself yeah. out there a little bit, yeah. you end yeah. up thinking, oh, shouldn't have, no, yeah, oh. not good enough, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And then the anger is back at us, but yeah. I don't, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't yeah. be. We yeah. just shouldn't have to feel that. I know. And, and I think what annoyed me was like, I've done a lot of work on this, right? Mm. I've done a lot of internal work. I've done a lot of examination. I'm talking about it a lot. And it still comes up. Yeah. You know, and it surprises me sometimes. It takes Agreed. me by surprise. I'm like, where's this coming from? But I think it's so valuable for some, for somebody like you who, who has obviously done so, has done so extraordinarily well in the podcast world. Yeah. Um, it's so great to hear this vocalized because we hear this again and again on our episodes mm-hmm. that women who are excelling in whichever world they're working in, mm-hmm. talking about the, the this imposter syndrome, talking about this. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we dilute it, hopefully, yeah. the more yeah. we can hear it. And- I mean, isn't it interesting how how women can't stand hearing their own introduction a lot of the time? Yes. Lima, don't yeah. you think? And you've probably yeah. noticed this, Sangeeta. It's like, no, oh, sure, sure. Oh no, oh, yeah. it's nothing. Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. Happen. Yeah, minimize. Yeah. Like, really? It didn't happen. 
you know, yeah. we killed ourselves to make this happen. Yeah. It hasn't yeah. And also, sort of happened. But also, we are so alien to that, aren't we, as women, even kind of tribally, and I, I overuse that word a lot, actually, sorry, on this podcast, um, you know, to, we have this, you know, there is this language that we will big other women up, but actually, we still haven't all learned that to sit in a space where <clears throat> Sangeeta talks about all her achievements and we'll go, wow. Mm. And that's it. Yeah, we just hit, yeah, you yeah, hold yeah. the space and you yeah, say it yeah, yeah. without there being an internal judgment. Yeah. And suddenly, oh, oh, yeah. right, going on a bit. All right. You know, like there's all of there this. Yeah, I can't you imagine know. a man would struggle no, in the same I way with that. Absolutely. Th- and I thought that mm. I'm like, I sat and I used to work in the corporate world, you know, like advertising agencies. Mm. I sat in so many meetings where mediocre men have turned up and talked about something absolutely shit, (laughs) you know? And they hold the space because they expect to be heard. Yeah. And I would sit there thinking, oh, I've got this really good idea, but can I even say it? And I would say it a lot of the time. So I've come a long way from there, thank God. Mm -hmm. But I've seen so many mediocre people just owning that space. And also, I think it's further complicated by being a woman of color no yes like i i think that's that adds an extra layer onto it as well even 100%. expectations exoticism uh 100%. I, I think it and further complicates culturally of course it's you know within south asian culture as well we are taught to be quiet we are taught not to sort of voice anything contradictory mm-hmm. stay in the background be quiet that's this whole kind of internal messaging that we're, we're, we're taught from a very, very young age. Mm. Don't be the troublemaker. Don't be the stirrer. Don't be the whatever. But this is why it's so amazing that you you did sort of hold a very different space growing up and weren't squashed yeah. internally anyway. Yeah. So you've never had a fear of being disliked, presumably? I... Probably did, I'm sure. I don't think it would be completely honest if I said oh I don't want I don't care if people like me I want people to like me I mm-hmm. think I'm a bit of a people pleaser no really now because <laughs> you're clear but, you're clear you're crystal clear in who you are so yeah. and but, you've done all of that yeah you, you've yeah, got but, through all those years I did I did but I think this internal voice which has always existed right will always pipe up oh it's say, so yeah, depressing hang on a minute like are you you, yeah. is this what you want you know my, and that's my, a good voice my little voice is definitely like a little kind of gremlin that mm. lives in my head that goes really like mm. what if, if i'm saying something but mm. for me it's echoes of some of my childhood some of the language that i mm. heard when i was growing up mm. by certain members of my family yeah but isn't um, it obscene that even after all these years of therapy and like you're saying, Sangeeta, like, you know, we've all, clearly we've all in, invested a lot in ourselves yes, and in yes, trying yes, to, yes, yes. you know, combat this. Mm. Yeah. And yet it's still and, and maybe this is the systemic stuff then that we that we still yes. find ourselves up against. That it doesn't matter how is. much of that work we do. I absolutely agree. And I think, Salima, it's something you said earlier, which is like there's that internal judgment that we all carry. Mm towards ourselves and towards each other. 
Yes. Where does that come from? That's oh, that, I mean, that's really clever. That that yes. is the patriarchy so, sneaking in, however sneaking it can. Sneaking in, saying, "Come on, judge your sisters." Come yes. on, yes, yeah, and like be together. If you're using certain language, yes. the hashtag "be kind," the hashtag yeah. "whatever's," but yeah. let's not let's not get too carried away here. Yeah. And you need yeah. to silence yeah. her if exactly. she's if she's not playing the game properly. If she's not, exactly. if she's not doing it in an appropriate manner, in the fa- in the way that we expect her. To yeah, do. I or think it's you do being... it behind their back is yes. the is the most yeah. stealth <laughs> fashion. Yeah, and also and also look again. This is something that I've had to learn, lean into in my forties. Is that rather than gossip or mm. rather than speak poorly about somebody, I've had to learn not to do that because mm. I was I was somebody who would do that. Well, we were taught I, to do that. Yeah, yeah, if I felt intimidated or somebody said something that made me uncomfortable mm. and I didn't, mm. whereas I've had to really work out now in my 40s, mm. no, you're not comfortable with that. It's probably your stuff. And we just, we just don't gel and that's fine. Mm. So mm. rather yeah. than then yeah. dissect, dissect yeah. with other people and you're right though because then because the the sort of emphasis there is we don't have a choice we can't walk away we have to stay and kind of slag this person off however we can to manage them but we don't actually they might not gel with you either your ideas their ideas that's fine off you go yeah go and go and invest yourself in a big great big book now you know read something do something i definitely years ago i was much more like well you know and i would kind of yeah. Be, it's like a clucky kind of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's what mm. we're taught mm. yeah we're taught you know and it's so like it starts so young you can hear young girls yes. oh, what is she wearing what does she yeah. think blah 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 you know it starts there mm. but also Sunny, don't you think it really um anesthetizes women from ambition it prevents yes. them from doing mm. things because when when we're in that kind of like yes. like bubble yeah. Where's your energy going? Totally. Nowhere. It's exactly. so draining. Exactly. Mm. Whereas if, exactly. if you've got like a focus, then you're yeah. like, okay, we didn't get on, whatever. Nice. Yeah. Bye. Back yeah. to my work. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. it. Um, talking of which, Sangeeta, yeah. when has anger driven you to do something incredible, professionally or personally or however? I mean, your whole life, basically, I would say. <laughs> what would you <laughs> okay, now we're asking you about your achievements. Specifically, you have to own up to them. What's your best, in your so, view? I think, um, prob- and this happened very subconsciously. I don't think it's a conscious thing. I think I started my podcast from a place of this thinking, this can't be the only way. Like, the only people I'd see in British media, where people who went to like, if you turn on your TV, most people are, have a specific accent, have mm-hmm. been to a particular kind of university. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that and thinking, well, I don't sound like that. I don't, you know, I've got this like Indian, whatever, British, Mumbai meets Kerala meets London kind of accent. And <laughs> I remember thinking, but surely that can't be the only way. And that sort of started me on this whole podcasting journey. Um, and I remember entering this competition, Spotify thing that I won, like at midnight or something. It was like, it was closing at 1am or something like that. Mm-hmm. And someone had sent it to me. And I was like, I don't know anything about this thing. And I'm like, but fuck it. You know, like how, if other people can do this, like, let me just at least try. And I sent off uh, what what was the kind of blurb for Masala podcast without expecting to hear back from them. Mm -hmm. But I did. 
I got kind of shortlisted. Uh, they <laughs> phoned me the next week to say we had 750 people apply. It was mad. <laughs> like, I didn't even know like what a podcast was. I'm like, how is it different from radio? Like, I, you know, I didn't really know. And I had to look it up. <laughs> I'm like, Brilliant. Oh, I better yeah. look it up. Um, and they called me back. And then they said, oh, you've been shortlisted. One of 10 that got shortlisted out of 750. Wow. And you're being put into this like boot camp for podcasting. And we're going to teach you about this. So I did the whole thing. And at the end of it, uh, you got five, I got five minutes to pitch to the head of BBC, uh, Google and Apple podcast. Oh my God, terrifying. And they got five minutes to ask me questions. And this is where the angry bit comes in, right? So the head of uh, BBC Audio, who I will not mention the names, my pitch was about Masala Podcast. It has always been Masala Podcast, you know. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to be like these taboos. And each episode is going to be an interview. Um, because South Asian women, we don't really have the voice. And we need to address these things. So this man, white, middle-class man, turns around. And in his five minutes that he has to ask me questions, he's like, don't you think this is too much for Indian women? Because I've worked in India. Oh. And I just remember like this rage <laughs> coming up into my body. And I, my voice got very clipped. And I said, I think I know Indian women because I'm from India. Like, I've And you're a there. woman. I'm a woman. <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> and you're not. You know nothing. You spend what? two months or something producing some show that doesn't give you any but I I didn't shout at him but I think it was very obvious that I was really pissed off yeah good um and then what was really funny is I keep meeting him at podcast awards he's come up and congratulated me yeah oh I love Do you think that. he remembered that <laughs> encounter he does he he, I'm does. sure he does mm. I'm sure he does because it was very oh clear what I thought about it I'm sure Oh, yeah. that is the sweetest way yeah. to end oh, that God. story. Yeah, I mean, that's what you, you dream of. Like, hey, mm. hi, here's me with two more awards. Yeah, oh, exactly. You didn't think was very good. Oh, well, <laughs> done. I love that. Do you, well know, done. do you know what? That's such a good lesson in head down. You know, the best way to, yeah. to get one's own back, yeah. head down, do the work. Yeah. And crack on. And then you show. Crack on. Yeah, you show. Yeah, that, you show. Yeah, the, that's so true. You yeah, them. you don't worry yeah. about kind of chat, chat, yeah, chat no. right mm-hmm. now. Just get on, get on. Hold your ground, which I did, because it was yeah. like a competitive space. So I couldn't have really, you know, taken off, which I did. But I made my point clear. And then I'm like, well, we will see. And we did see. <laughs> at the end we always ask people to come into our virtual rage room okay we call it um and we ask what you'd like to swing your virtual baseball bat at so the first is the current news item that is making you seethe it's probably not very current but all the andrew tate stuff it really makes me angry really really mm. really really Aww. really makes me angry because on so many levels because they're damaging our young men i think that makes me yes. really angry mm. i don't know where That's he's good. at now but he just really makes me yeah angry. no no i get that yeah aspect of modern life that's making you fume how imprisoned we are by technology nice answer. how mm. we need it for our work i use it for my work mm. Mm. But how addicted I and every single one of us is yeah. by by the way it's been created. And I feel like there's gone almost like helpless rage that I can't 
do anything about it. All I can do is like, oh, I'm not going to use my device for two hours today. Like, really? That's the best I can do? So I feel really angry I mean, that I'm kind of in it, but I can't do yeah. anything about it. But it's I'm kind of stuck wheel. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, behavior of others which gets on your wick. <laughs> um, when women put other women down, it really makes me angry but in a sad kind of way I feel really sad more than angry I guess it's like come on you know we've only got each other like why are we doing that to each other yeah yeah and it's sad for them as as much yeah it's sad for them as well Uh because you don't realize what you're doing missing out yeah you're missing out Mm. and you know you're you're basically hating on yourself totally that's what it comes down to yeah Yeah. you're doing so it makes me kind of sad angry Mm, yeah that makes sense um, no one can ever answer this, so let's try. The pop song, which incurs your wrath. Oh. It can be a Hindi one. Oh, God. A yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them, actually. I, I, I will answer this, actually. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Bollywood songs, even now, definitely when I was growing up, uh, which translate as your beautiful white wrists, and mm-hmm. your beautiful white skin and mm-hmm. your, you know, the, the kind of sex appeal is on kind of white skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it makes me really angry that we as a race of brown skinned people mm-hmm. um, make it, it hate ourselves mm-hmm. so much that all our music about sexy women is about being white. Do you think that's shifting? Because I, I don't notice it so much with my cousin's it's kids. definitely shifting. Yeah, you think? Um, it's mm. still there, mm. I think, but it's changing, I think. Mm. We see a lot more darker-skinned women in Bollywood, but you don't see anybody that's big or different. No. Even no. now. They're no, very sure. slim. They're very, very, in fact, they become really thin. It didn't used like to be in the weather. Bollywood yeah, were right. like really buxom women, you know, yeah. they were real women. Mm. And now they become really, really skinny. So that's the influence of the West, I think. Mm. Yeah, it definitely is. So it's changing. So yeah, all the gori gori kalanya, which is like yeah. literally your, your white, white wrists, you know, like yeah. it makes me very angry. Um, and finally, your angriest moment ever on public transport. <laughs> wow. Uh that's probably oh I've done like the shuffle yeah when you know like a man sits next to you and sort of does that the space yeah the yeah. space oh. and then it's like mm. you've you've got man no choice spread. kind of man spread yeah that's man the spread. Word. I can remember Ugh. and you've got no choice if you Do don't you... want to touch his thigh yeah you're trying to make yourself smaller oh I hate it, really it. pisses me I... off it's yeah. like it why now in 2023, I know. Not still, do we have to act like this? And the assumption is that you, as a woman, will become will shrink yourself. Yeah, because a man's not gonna, you know. Also, I did a really weird thing quite recently when a man was doing that, and I, and I it was it was like the combination of like Britishness, uptightness, and me over apologizing. So I didn't want him to take up that space, that principle. So I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't move my leg and my arm because I um they're hurt. So, <laughs> they're hurt. <laughs> and so I so then I kind of for the tube journey, I kind of was like this on that side. 
but kind of like out of principle because I took my space. I like that I'm sorry, but that's such a British thing. So British, right? I know, see, I'm I'm so sorry. I've gone gone Mm. far further than that these days. I aggressively push them back and keep myself there. But it's really uncomfortable and it doesn't come because You've got to like, you know, like, like, that thing. Now I have to like, stay like this. My arms are hurting. <laughs> I don't want this space. No, no. Take, take it. Take it. Yeah, take it all. But no, take you can't. Take it all with your sweaty thighs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Out of principle, I'm going to hold my arm like this. Whether it kills me. No, the no. thing is, they don't care. They don't no. feel encroached on it. Because it doesn't Ooh. come laced with the years of oppression right. and like threat. Exactly. That yes. Threat. Threat. yes, because yes. that tube journey was exhausting for me because of all my yeah. thoughts around it. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Vile. Oh, it is. Sangeeta, Sangeeta, thank you so much. <laughs> it's been pleasure. such a pleasure having you. Actually. So it really has. And we're in awe of what you've achieved in yes. your podcast world in particular. Please stop finding yourself impressive. Yeah, I, I, next time you come on, can you have yeah. all your podcast awards lined up behind yeah, you? Yeah, really. Please. Shining, glinting away. I will exactly. definitely spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> we'll be blinded. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what sunglasses. I want to see. So was this conversation brought up for us? She's absolutely right about the way that if you slag off another woman, you are slagging off you. You, this is not yeah, helpful. Totally. It is all yeah. about keeping us crushed down. If we're busy and, doing that, we can't rise up. And so often it's about fear, isn't it? You know, it, or, or it's about some another woman bringing up something quite uncomfortable in you about your own ambition or your own ideas or choices. And then we're kind of indoctrinated into that, that gossipy kind of behavior. Yeah. And Um, even like you were saying, that way of society ensuring that women stay on track by other women judging her choices, making her know, making it very clear. Using up the energy. Well, like we've said as well, haven't we? Like, come on, you know, let's not talk about this now. Get on, get on, get Get on. on. Because all of that chat, all of that kind of is circling around and sucking up energy, isn't it? It's so true. Yeah, Mm. I know. And we think it's so fun. But it's a bit like yeah. eating too much chocolate. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're better to luxuriate in an angry bar. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Thank you for listening and sharing in our anger. And remember, you're not mad to feel mad. Please like and subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.